You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily podcast on the New Orleans Pelicans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans at NBA as a whole, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media and editor over at LockedOnPelicans.com, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you on this Thursday, going to have a quicker podcast than usual, not a ton of news out there for your New Orleans Pelicans, but the news that kind of came out is big, and I want to focus on that. We'll probably break it up into two segments today to really get through it and just kind of keep this by itself because I think it's that important. And that news comes courtesy of our friend Scott Kushner of the New Orleans Advocate, a tweet he sent yesterday about their GM search, where it is in the process, and kind of where they're going with next steps. So that's, yeah, pretty important, huh? So let's just dive on into all of that here in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So yesterday, Scott Kushner tweeted out an update on the Pelicans GM search, which is no real surprise when you kind of think about it in the grand scheme of everything and how this would all play out. He basically tweeted out saying that the Pelicans have gotten kind of some results back or will be getting results back from the search consultants they've hired. Basically a short list of, I don't know if you'd want to call them finalists, but a short list of names, the names that they should be interested in and who this search um, firm is recommending. Remember, they did hire outside consultants to help with this. You know, no one in the front office, um, or sorry, in the ownership structure of Gail Benson, Mickey Loomis, Dennis Lausha, um, and Greg Mansell has really been basketball people. And a lot of people ask me, you know, who should they hire as GM? And I'm going to tell you, it's really hard to try and figure that out. And anyone who's like, oh, this guy or this guy or this guy, you're saying names that are popular for the most part that have just been thrown out there by others because the work in NBA front offices is so secret that you don't really know what people do. You can throw a name out there, but maybe they're more the salary cap person for that team, or maybe they do more of the scouting and different things. And you don't really know who's kind of the person that should make deals or do those kind of things. So it's weird. It's kind of murky. It can make it tough to figure out you know, who would be a potentially good NBA GM because you just don't really know. And now that's not to say that a guy who handles the salary cap can't step in and then become the GM and kind of run it like that. But there's a reason I think you see certain people recycled throughout all of these jobs throughout the league, all 30 of them. So with, keep that in mind that, when, you know, particularly when I get asked, which is a couple times a day now, particularly on game days, it's, you know, the, you can throw out the good names that people have been saying, Mike Zarin, um, Trajan Langdon and all of that. But you just you don't really know, I think, is kind of the best way to put it, what their role in orchestrating these turnarounds have been or their role in the processes that their teams are putting in place. So you've got to bring in maybe, and that goes doubly so for, you know, Gail Benson, for Mickey Loomis, who won't know that stuff. So that's why the team brought in these outside consultants who handle this and can kind of figure that out and maybe have more of a breath and more of a reach than the Pelicans themselves would to figure out who's going to be potentially a good candidate for the GM job. So it sounds like they're wrapping up kind of the first step of all this where they then give a list of names to the Pelicans and the Pelicans then kind of decide who they want to interview and work on arranging all of that. It's been 
a quiet process so far. Probably because the search consultants need to do their thing. And also, this isn't going to be a transparent process. You know, I wasn't really expecting many updates until the off-season. The other thing to keep in mind is some of these people who are with current NBA teams, if they, you know, assuming they all are, are going to, you're going to need to ask that team for permission to interview them. You largely don't get that during the regular season, I don't think. So you're going to have to wait maybe for interviews until after the offseason um, or after the, or at least starting during the playoffs when a lot of that work has already been done, getting them prepared throughout the regular season as a number of teams are still jockeying for playoff seating and playoff positioning. So just because they're getting a list of names doesn't mean that we're going to hear any more about this because, you know, you don't always tend to hear, always, sometimes you do, tend to hear about these interviews if people are denied or if people are approved. You know, we learned, you can look at it on the coaching side, that Jeff Van Gundy had two interviews with the Pelicans before they hired Gentry. Gentry had two interviews during the playoffs with the Pelicans where he flew out um, and then flew back, or I think they flew to him. Um, you had uh, Nick Nurse in Toronto want to interview Chris Finch, and the Pelicans denied that, and that was reported. But that doesn't always uh, come out. So it might be a little bit more quiet as they kind of go through the search. I would expect as we get closer to the end of this hiring process, you'll hear a list of maybe the top names or so, and then one kind of emerge as a front runner. So who's on that list of names? And I said, you know, we can guess, we can assume because there's names that are talked about and they make a lot of sense. But when people say that guy would be a good GM, you really don't know. I'll be honest. You really don't know. Um, as I said, I don't think it is going to be Danny Ferry here next year for the optics of it. And also, I don't know if it's just what he wants to be doing or if he wants to maybe take on a different team or another role eventually. But one name I think is safe to say on there based on what I've heard is Trajan Langdon, the New Jersey Nets basically lead assistant GM there. They have done a remarkable job of turning around that franchise with no future and was bad in the present to having to being pretty decent in the present and having a very bright future. And they've done that through a number of different ways. And this is going to tie into what I want to talk about in the second segment here, that it's just smartly run team. They've invested in scouting, potentially tripling the scouts that they have there. We don't know how many are here on the Pelicans, but you have to figure that's an area that as you look to rebuild and you're in a small market, so you need to make the most of almost every free agent signing you get, or you need to find diamonds. The rough scouting is hugely important to all of that. But Trajan Langdon's name that I think is safe to say is on there seems to be held in high regard around the league. I've heard his name link with the Pelicans behind the scenes on things. So that makes a lot of sense. As for the other names, I can't really speculate. But let's talk about it in the next segment, kind of what they're going to need to do next. We talked about it a little bit about how yesterday, how important this hire is for the Pelicans. But they need to beef up their operations in certain areas, and you're going to see why. So before we get to all of that, I do want to mention the Locked On Pelicans podcast can be gotten from your smart speaker. Just say the magic phrase, play podcast Locked On Pelicans, and also get from your smartphone in the same way, play podcast Locked On Pelicans. Perfect for your commute to work in the morning or your commute home. It's kind of designed for that. So make sure you're just listening in the car on your way in. That way you'll never miss an episode of the Locked On Pelicans podcast. 
So yesterday, it was also announced that Daryl Morey, the GM of the Houston Rockets, was getting a new extension. I think it was five years. Terms of it were not announced, but it likely seems like he's going to be the highest paid GM in the league. And frankly, kind of makes a lot of sense. He's been there for a number of years now, and he's done a fantastic job of constantly retooling that team on the fly and actually making them look like they're the one team that can challenge the Golden State Warriors in the league right now. Basically, everyone who knows Maury or has talked to Maury thinks so highly of him, and he's just a smart dude running that franchise really, really well. That goes a long way, though they did lose to the Golden State Warriors by two last night in a very close game. So you look at that t- that kind of organization, and you realize they're able to attract free agents. They're able to get guys on the buyout market. They have a GM who's willing to take risks and make the right trades, and none of them have really kind of backfired on him tremendously. And that's what you're looking for here in New Orleans. The other thing is, and this is maybe why it was great to hire outside consultants rather than maybe go with their first gut instincts, is you're no longer in in a place in the league which is different from seven, eight years ago where analytics were that kind of scary term and you had some people pushing back a lot on all of that. Maury is an analytics guy, however you want to kind of define analytics. And now he's running a competitive team, a team that most around the league want to try and emulate. So, you know, this this analytics debate, if it ever was one, it's been settled. You can have one of those guys run your team and you can be successful. It doesn't have to be former players. It doesn't have to be kind of lifer NBA guys that have been in there or just recycled GMs who have been GMs before. I'm looking at you, Joe Dumars, here. So I think it means that you'll see the Pelicans maybe try and emulate that a little bit, and I think it just kind of opens the range of GMs that they maybe are going to feel comfortable hiring. Enter, potentially, Trajan Langdon, um, who is a former player, at least a little bit, um, who's a smart guy, went to Duke. But basically, he's helped engineer that turnaround in uh, New Jersey, not New Jersey, in Brooklyn with the Nets. And again, went from a team with no present, no future, to a team that's good in the present, and to a team that has an even brighter future. And I think they're going to be looking like one of the potential stalwarts at the top of the Eastern Conference. So I think that's something the Pelicans would very much like to try and emulate. If he learned under their GM, Bobby Marks, who did an excellent job, who is their GM, and he's just kind of the assistant. But if he's learning under that, he's kind of seen what they do there, likes kind of the model that they did over in Brooklyn and wants to bring that to New Orleans. It's a good fit. This is a guy, again, who's well-respected around the league. Seems like he's been kind of picked and tabbed as that up-and-coming next GM. And a guy who can step in. Pelicans don't have limited assets or won't after the Anthony Davis trade. They might not have amazing, amazing assets. But if you see what he did with no assets or helped do with no assets, having him with some assets certainly seems like a recipe for success. So I think that's kind of what you'll be seeing the Pelicans look to do. And as the league gets even more international, I think having a guy who played over in Europe, which he did in various places, and who also served as a scout and has a couple of international players there on the New Jersey Nets is important too. So this is a guy who seems well-rounded and makes a lot of sense. And again, comes from a more structured, analytical-type front office rather than one being led by a former player who, you know, I don't know, does things on instinct or what have you. And I think that's exactly kind of what this New Orleans Pelicans team needs right now to really steady the ship. They've got to build a sustainable future, at least for the next couple of years. That's not always 
always easy to do, but when you look at what happened with the Nets, given the state that they were in, it certainly seems like he'd be starting from an even better position here in New Orleans. So there you have it. There's your GM search update. No surprise. I think you'll hear, you know, maybe that list of names leak that the um, consultants have given the Pelicans, but maybe, maybe nothing else after that for a little bit as they kind of go about scheduling some of this, trying to get permission and maybe needing to wait until the off season to accomplish all of that. So that's going to do it for the quicker edition of Locked on Pelicans today. Thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and I'll be back with you all tomorrow.